What's going on, everybody? It is I, Justin Redrick, also known as the Bitcoin Vegan on Twitter. We are here with another episode of From Bars to Bitcoin. I know we've been pretty silent over the past few months, but we're here to start off 2024 with the best way we possibly can. Um, so, you know, this is a podcast of our Bitcoin transformation community where we empower people through Bitcoin and would like to transform as many communities as possible. And on the From Bars to Bitcoin podcast, we highlight uh, people with stories similar to mine. Um, some folks might have come out of prison. Some folks might have used Bitcoin to uplift themselves out of a crazy situation. And we also tell um, our stories where we go inside prisons and educate people incarcerated on Bitcoins with the hope that people can get uh, jobs in the space. So if you have not already, please check out our website, btctc.org. You can donate to our cause here. You can check out all our mission statements and any other projects we have going on. So today we have the Mr. DR Littlejohn or LJ for short. And I um, you know, quick, quick intro on how I met him. I met him at Unconfiscatable in 2022. And he's been a solid guy since then. So I'm going to allow uh, Lil John to come on and share, you know, introduce himself, share him, share who he is with us. And we're going to get into our talk for today. Lil John, what's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, oh, man, what's up? What's up, man? It's a pleasure, man. You know, it's been, uh, we've been trying to get this, get this going for a minute, man. But, uh, you know, we're here now. So that's a good yes, thing. Sir. Yes, sir. You know, I appreciate your patience, man. I I know I've been, I don't, I never want people to think I'm all talk. You know, sometimes I, I put out a vision and idea and it might take it a while to, to, for me to get to doing what I say I'm going to do, but I always make sure I do what I say I'm going to do, man. So I'm glad to have you here, man. And again, thank you for the patience so we can actually do this thing, man. So tell us what's going on, man. Um, Like I was trying to tell people, man, the first time I met you was at Unconfiscatable 2022. Um, I think I had, I don't know if I had just come off stage on, on talking to Natalie or I just, you know, did an intro with somebody, but, um, you walked up to me and you were like, you know, you, you respected what I was doing, proud to see what I was doing. And you shared a piece of yourself that, that shocked me, you know, so, um, let everybody know a little bit about you, man. And, uh, you know, tell everybody who your little John is, what's going on? Uh man, uh, I'm 56, from LA. Um, grew up in LA. Went through all the the trials and tribulations that a black man would go through in the city of Los Angeles. You know, I I, I gang banged. I, I ran the streets. You know, I left home at you know uh, uh 14, about 14. Um, I'm a YA baby. You know, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with youth authorities, but uh. In California, they have two separate systems for juveniles, one that's county-based, and then they actually have a state-based system for juveniles, like a state prison. And uh, California Youth Authorities is like a state prison for a, a, a youth. And, uh, you know, many of us were, you know, un unfortunately raised in that system, you know, and that system really fueled the next generation of prison inmates. 
you know, um, you know, sad to say, you know, um, but I can say that that those who were what we call YA babies were far more adjusted when they did get to prison. You know, they were they were the ones that were least likely to get in wrecks, but they also were the ones that had no problem handling because they had already gone through, uh, you know, some of those situations. I, I'll just give you a quick one. Um, when I was in California stories, I was in a place called, uh, well, several places, but one place called Fred, Fred C. Nellis. And so they, um, there was, there was a lot of gang tension there, you know, Crips and Bloods. And so there was one unit where Bloods hadn't been on this unit for about six or six, six or seven years. And the last person that I knew had been on uh, that unit was one of my homeboys who rest in peace, Eminem. They had ran him up off of the unit with a butcher knife because the unit ran the kitchen. So that was the kitchen unit. So they had access to a lot of that. So the administration was like, well, we want to try to change this and so forth. So we had one of the like a I don't know what his equivalent was, but maybe like a, a captain or something. He comes in and tells us there's 56 Crips on this unit. We're going to take six Crips off. We're going to take six of y'all and put y'all on that unit. And then they tell us first two write ups is on you. Do whatever you have to do to stay. And so. I didn't sleep for about two days and the third day we kicked it off. You know, the third day I was the first person to go into the kitchen to work. So I go into the kitchen to work. So they put me in the pots in the very back of the kitchen. So what I do is, is there's a rack right here with a bunch of pots. And then we had these metal stirrers that are like four or five foot long. So what I did was I took the metal stirrer and I got to doing some practice katas and so forth with the stir and, and making a bunch of noise, banging on stuff, bang, 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 so that it would draw attention to other people in the kitchen so they would look up to see, my mind is this, letting you know that I have something. Yeah. You can come back here if you want to, but I got something. And then I shoved it into the rack right next to me so that, bam, I could start doing my work, but it's right here. So yeah. I didn't have any problems that day. So then after this, the, the second shift, the other six, well, I don't, know if it, I don't even know if it was all six, but a few other, other fellas came to the kitchen and they worked a shift. So I didn't really have anything to do. So I ended up working a double shift until finally we couldn't stay in the kitchen no more. You know, right. It's like, you got to go back to the unit. Yeah. So I tell, I tell the homies like, hey man, I can't, I, we ain't, I ain't slept. You know, we sleeping with our boots on and, you know, we, we laced up the whole nine. I said, man, we're going to have to kick this shit off when we get back. So get your whatever you got to get your books or whatever, you know, get, put a pocketbook in your pocket to take to the hole with you, whatever. So when we get back, they done broke into one of the homeboys lockers. So now it ain't on me. Right. They it's on the homeboy whose locker got broken into. But we right. got your back. But now it's you, you know, so it's like. So we tell the two homies that, uh, you know, that uh, they lockers got broken into, you know, hey, you know, how, do it, do it, do it however you feel you need to. So they just started at the first group of people in the day room. It's like, man, you know, what's happening? You know, uh, you broke into my locker. What, what's going on? You know, and they got to talking funny. Like, oh, what if we did? What if we didn't? You know, well, what do you mean? What if you did? You know, well, what if we did? What, if, you know, so then bad next, you know, they took off. And when they took off, we took off. I had a, I had a knife on me at that time. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I end up I end up stabbing a dude in the neck and the arm. And that was my first ever jail stabbing. Um, and and there, you know, we had pool tables in the in the day room. We had we had uh, microwaves. So somebody didn't threw the microwave at us. You know, so we ran and grabbed the pool balls. We didn't threw the pool balls. And so like and 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 youth authorities, the way they have it, like the day room is set up where the windows have cages on the inside. Oh wow. And then the TV, the TV has a plexiglass cage over it. Right. And that's to keep from breaking windows. Right. You know, so you get but to throw pool balls it. and, you know, and, and all that. So finally, you know, everything, you know, they finally got everything under control and they locked everything down and then they wrote everybody up. But then they dropped our write-ups because remember I told you that the captain said first two write-ups is on you. Do whatever you have to do to stay. You know, so at that point, uh, uh, you know, dudes were mad, like, oh, man, you know, he stabbed so-and-so, whoop, this and that. And why is it, you know, uh, uh, why did his write-up get dropped and this and that and so forth. But, you know, that 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 all got, you know, uh, squashed. And then from that point on, every time a homeboy came on that unit, you're not going to ride off of our coattail. We got you, but you're not going to ride off our coattail. So it was like, okay. Um, we, we, we would know where you were from. So we would know where your, your, your nearest enemy neighborhood is from. And if, and if one of those individuals was on that unit, you got three days to holler at him. <laughs> we don't care how you, we don't care how you holler at him. You can, we, we, you know, you can crack dope thing. We don't care how you just holler at him. So that way, everybody who comes on this unit from this point on, they know, you know what I'm saying? They not, they not no punks. They not no pushovers. They not, you know, um, and so, you know, those were, you know, things that I went through as a juvenile in the system. When I say that, that those were breeding grounds and those were, those were, um, you know, how they, how they, how they created a whole generation of, you know, prison inmates, you know, and that was, that was in maybe like 81, 82, 83, you know, when I was in California Youth Authority. And so, you know, if you look at the time span, you would say there was an increase, you know, after that to, you know, uh, uh, a lot of prison inmates and, and, and the prison system uh, uh, was enlarged 1990, you know, soon, soon thereafter the 1994 crime bill and all that type of stuff. Um, so, you know, that was part of what I, what, I, what I experienced, what I went through as a juvenile um, right. amongst a whole host of other things, you know that later on led to me, uh, you know, going to prison, uh, you know, so not let me proud ask to say. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So you said you were a YA baby. That's a youth authority baby. And they sent you to like a, what we call down south, like a youth spread, like a, like they would have these places. I never went there as a kid, but they would call like Stonewall Jackson training centers, uh, like where they would send a lot of youths. And... You said from there, that's where you noticed like they were actually breeding people to be prepared to go to prison to be inmates, right? Professional inmates. Let me ask you this. If you were there at 14, well, no, you said you left the house at 14. Yeah, I think I uh, I got there about 16. I think I was in Utah about 16, 16 to 16 to like 16, like 19. Give or take, 
Okay. So what? Let me ask you: What led you to run away those years? You know, when you said you you left the house at fourteen, what led you to leave uh, the man. house? Well, I, I was I was living with my grandmother then, and my grandmother was a tyrant. Man, she she was mm-hmm. a tyrant, you know. Um, and I just said, just it got was fed up. You know, I just left. Didn't look back. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't live with. I didn't live with a family member until again until my second prison term. Proling for my second prison term. Okay. Um. How was your uh like? Was your mom and pops around, or like what was that like? They were just. Nah, my my my. The day I was born, my my father was in a was in a bunker in Day Nine, Vietnam. Okay. Um, and when he got back, the police harassed him, and he had he went off on, him. you know. And the only only thing that probably blessed him was that he was a war hero. So he had a he had a bronze star and a purple heart. You know, he was uh, shot in the face, shot shot in the leg. Got a, you know, uh, years later he's got issues with his leg now, and he's going back uh, dealing with that. But uh. My mother was upset that he had went to Vietnam, and so I didn't I didn't find out who my real father was until until right maybe about four or five months before I left home. Okay. You know. Wow. Um, you know. That's a long time, okay. That's a long, yeah. long time. Yeah. Fourteen you know, years so old. I, so I didn't grow up. I didn't grow up with him. Um, you know, later on, I found out that there were a lot of things that were inside of me that I realized that were a part of him. You know, um, I, I growing up, I, I was, I'm, I'm slight, I'm, I'm slightly an oxymoron when it comes to how I grew up because I, I didn't just grow up in the hood. Uh, I grew up in Los Angeles, but I grew up by the beach mm-hmm. and in the hood. Yeah, I, I went to all white schools growing up. You know, uh, later on that that helped me when I got to prison. You know. Um, is because my my reading skills is off the hook. My reading skills is off the hook because those schools. I had private tutors, and I went to a whole you know host of different things that that ended up bringing my reading skills up to par. Uh, I mean, up to par to a point to where I literally, um, I literally got out of prison one time a year early because I went in and debated with the warden with the uh, uh, case record specialist and with, with a gang of specialists on his staff concerning the interpretation of the prison uh, a rule book, the California, the CDC's uh, a rule book, you know, and, and I blew them away, blew the warden away, where the warden was like, man, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be leaving up out of here until a year from now if, if you hadn't uh, pursued this. And I had started the paperwork like a year prior because I knew... Well, how long it was going to take, you know? Um, and he was like, man, I'm gonna get you up out of here as soon as I can. And a couple of days later, you know, so I was up out of there. Of course, I ended up catching another case later on, but you know, those, the reading skills from as a youth, um, later on, uh, uh, benefited me in, in a whole host of ways. Um, now, you know, like I say, my reading skills is off the hook. I can read something and I, I, I can get the gist of it where other people miss, you know, whole portions of uh, of what they've read. You know, right. um, you know, reading, reading is fundamental. Like hell, like I remember growing up, 
my mom, my aunts, they were all teachers. And they, I think every woman in my family taught their own child how to read. When I had children, I was upset. I couldn't teach them how to read like that. But you do notice, like, growing up, especially in certain scenarios where just having the ability to read and comprehend what you're reading as you're reading it is a uh, is a major benefit, man. It's a major benefit. So well, I, I I'll tell you, I'll go even further. Because um, when I say that I'm kind of an oxymoron uh, in my upbringing, um, as a kid I surfed, but then as a kid I hung I hung out on the block, you know. Yeah. Um, so I would go across town. You know, I I I knew both worlds. You know, I know, I know how, I know how white folks think and what they believe better than what they know. And I know how black folks think and believe better than what they know. A lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of people in LA didn't, didn't grow up like that. You know, Um, either you grew up in one or the other. um, And, and, and also a lot of people don't understand that, you know, most people think that, well, LA is either just the hood or either just Hollywood or it's either just a beach, but they don't realize it's really a combination of all of that. You know? And so most people don't transcend, you know, uh, uh, those areas. But to go even further, you know, I was the type of kid like this. We'd be hanging out and, and we'd go to a store or something and y'all stealing candy. I'm stealing <laughs> magazines and books. <laughs> so I'm stealing, I'm stealing Soldier of Fortune magazine, you know. Yeah. I'm still in, that was a mercenary magazine that I was, you know, I, I used to read a lot of spy books and mercenary books and, you know, uh, weapons books and martial arts books and things of that nature. You know, okay. So that, that was part of that difference from that early upbringing and, 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 and me going through the, the reading tutors and, and, and that type of, that type of stuff. So, you know, growing up, I, I had an affinity to, want to read. I would go to libraries. I go to libraries and steal books out of libraries, take them home. You know? Yeah. You know, not to say you should be stealing books from libraries, but you know, I understand, um, yeah. we don't, we don't, know, or, we don't crime on this show, but I get what you're saying though. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, or, or like I knew where certain, like I knew certain stores that, that had certain types of magazines that they, that other stores didn't have. So once a month, you know, I'd go there and, you know, if I couldn't buy the magazine. I'd steal it. You know, whatever. But like I say, you know, growing up, you know, when kids were going to store and they, they're stealing, you know, candy, I'm trying to steal a book or a magazine. So, you know, um, that's really interesting. That's very know. interesting because your mind is always looking to learn, even with like no matter how no matter how the scenario was that you were still looking to learn, like you were still seeking knowledge, even within the situation you were in. So that that speaks a lot of volumes. It also, also speaks to like, you know, why? I even have seen you at, at a lot of conferences too. And we're going to get to the Bitcoin part. Um, but I wanted to ask you this. So you said, how many, how many prison stints did you have, little John? Um, that one juvenile and two adults. I spent about 27 years total of my life in uh, somebody's cage, man. What was the and longest? I've been, uh, longest was my last term. Uh, was 13 years. Matter of fact, today is my anniversary, my 11th year anniversary of my last uh, uh, parole day. That's what's oh, up, man. 11, 11, 11, 11 years ago today. You know? That's what's up. So, you know, 2012? 13. Thir- yeah, damn, we are in 2024. 13. 
13. Oh. Paroled today, 2013. Uh, from okay. doing a 13 year, doing a 13 year uh, uh, stint. So you had the one as a juvenile. You had the one in the middle. I had another. Had a, I did an eight, eight, eight years, seven months in the middle, and then did like two parole violations. So what was the eight? I haven't, done a parole, I haven't done a parole violation this this term, but the oh the eight and a half that was uh there was there were there were people in Los Angeles in the late eighties, mm-hmm. non black race soldiers who thought that they could abuse black folks random. You know uh, they were killing. Killing bums at, at at liquor stores, you know, shooting blacks on at at, at uh, bus stops, uh, you know, and it wasn't gang related. It was just because you're black. And so there were some there were some youngsters that you know some young gang members that decided to take it to some of these folks, and I was one of them. And uh, one of those individuals, um, one of those individuals, you know, ran up thinking that he had a victim. And I, I, I exercised my second, you know, and I, I, I ended up ended up getting a voluntary manslaughter for that. You know, um, I ended up doing eight, eight years and seven months off that. Um, I would say that that term. I didn't think I was going to get out of prison. I thought I was going to die there. Why? Um, Why is that? My, because my the, my. At that time, I was, I was, I was, I was gangbanging. I was, I was deep into gangbanging. Um, I was deep in the, I'm not taking no shit. Um, I knew that I was going to level fours. I wasn't with none of the bullshit, you know. Uh, and, and at that time, if you were a gang member, then when you when you got to the county jail, they would put you in a gang. If, if you were known, they would put you in a gang unit. And so they put me in a gang unit, 4300. And I fought the case for, I fought that case for 20, 21 months, I think it was. And then I have taken a deal to get my uh, uh, crime me, get him set, uh, set free. And uh, so though that 21 months in that gang module was 21 months of prison prep, you know, where I, I literally like you, you made a knife every few days just to get practice, you know, um, Damn. you know, and, and so when I got to prison, maybe I got to the reception center, maybe I was in the reception center more than maybe 10 days and I caught a stab in the soul. Burn. So well, well, I would say no. I, okay, so so my first three days, I think, at the reception, we had a riot, and I ended up getting cut in the head, and getting four stitches. Dude. So then, uh, so then a week, it's like right here somewhere. So then a week later, I uh, they they let us out the hole because they said, "Oh, you guys were the victims." So they let us out the hole. So then a week later, I caught a stab in the soul. So my the first stabbed you or just ran nah, I was uh, uh, just just finding someone who was associated with uh you know with the person that that you know gang gang related stuff yeah and it yeah. was like okay bam there you know it was a lot of lot of tension over the tier and so it was reaching that boiling point so I was like okay well dude them down at the tier at the front of the tier they're 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 the closest you know so I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna snatch one of them 
you know, snatched him by the collar, you know, as he was coming down, going down the stairs, hitting, hitting once here. And then the second time I hit him in the collarbone and the yeah. knife broke. And so I threw the knife down. I threw the knife down, pushed him down the stairs and then walked past him and went all the way to the front of the gate where the police was at looking down a tear. And then I, I looked at the police and said, man, it's crazy in here. And he said, <laughs> he said, I know. And that, when he said that, I knew he ain't seen me do nothing. You know what I'm saying? You know? But they end up, they end up, you know, yeah. who's end up telling, they end up telling on me. Yeah. So my my first my first year my first year in prison I spent it in the shoe program, so I ended up and so instead of me going to hey wait wait wait, wait the shoe program look, look look I read a book right when I was in prison about the shoe program but you know people would hear uh, when Denzel Washington was on train they talk about shoe program nigga but they think they really making shoes so tell them what the shoe program actually stands for in the, in the it, California it's a, it's a it's an acronym for security housing unit. So what it is, is it's it's the hole within the hole. So like you can go to the hole for a fight. Yeah. That's nothing. But but you can get sentenced to a whole program. And that's and, and if you get sentenced to a whole program, you'll do it in a security housing unit. Um, you know, so that's where you don't you don't leave your cell unless you're handcuffed. Mm-hmm. You're not around anybody else other than your celly unless you're handcuffed. Um, you know, you don't, you, uh, yeah, you can, you can get cellies. It just depends. Some people don't, some people do. Um, you, uh, you know, you, you, there were that at that time I went to a place called Corcoran shoe. Um, that's where Charles Manson was at. Um, they had him house there. Um, Corcoran shoe was, was, was cracking because they were trying to, what they would do is, is you would get yard like like maybe three times a week. Right. And so what they would do is they would put us on these little dog yards that were like, you know, they were maybe about 20, maybe 10, 15 yards in diameter, but it wasn't, it was like shaped like a, 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 a triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, barely just enough room for a handball court and then enough room for people to do some push-ups, And that was about it. So they would, so what they would do is, is they would handcuff you, escort you out to that yard, then unhandcuff you, and they would try to put six people on that yard. But they were doing it to start conflict because there was a lot of a lot of race uh, 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 stuff going on. So, like, I'll give a good example. Like in California prisons and level fours, the gang shit that ceases. I don't, I don't give a, I don't give a damn how hard you think you are. I don't give a damn who you, this dude might be your enemy. Whatever, you know. Outside of the fact, maybe that dude killed your mama, or your brother, or something like that. Outside of that, gang shit cease in level four because it's it's extremely racist. You know, um, there's other folks who they don't they don't give a damn about where you're from. Only thing they see is that you're black. They don't care whether you're from. Northern California, Southern California, Crip blood, whatever they don't, you're you're black. That's it. You know. Uh, and so and GPs, California level fours, the the gang shit ceases. Now that doesn't mean that different gang groups don't hang out on the yard together, but the gang shit that ceases. Mm-hmm. You know. Um and so and so like for example, when 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 I caught the stabbing of the uh, uh, other gang member, 
when I was when I was on the bus leaving from that reception center to, to go to the Corcoran shoe to start my shoe program, there were there were there were OGs that were getting on the bus. And there was a bunch of youngsters that had knew what I had did. And they was like, you know, we're gonna get him. Woo. And and I remember this one old dude got on the bus and was like, hey, y'all, we going, we going to Corcoran shoe. If, if if you didn't get at him in the reception center, that's out. That's out. You ain't got action at him no more. That's out. We going to a whole nother world, you know. And and so when we got to Corcoran Shoe, like I was saying, that the police were trying to put they so they would do like this. They would put like like two black. They might put like one black, or or they might do like this. They'll let out two Mexicans and put them on that yard, right? And then they'll let out a white guy, put them on that yard. So now they they've been on the yard for you know seven, eight minutes, whatever, because it takes a minute for the police to strip you out and all that stuff. And then they'll turn around and put you out there. And then they'll wait a few minutes <laughs> to see if to see if the yard goes down. Yeah. Now, now I'll show you, I'll show you when I talk about how how there were people who hated us so much. Imagine this. Imagine a dude sticking a knife in his ass just so he can shit it out and holler at you. Damn. What? Damn. Wow. So now, now I can understand if like, you know, dude kill somebody mama or something and dude going to those extremes. You know what I'm saying? But this is what this is what was going down in Corcoran Shoot. You know, um, you know, you can look it up. They've got a lot of they've got a lot of uh 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 Articles about about a lot of stuff that was going on in Corcoran, a lot of a lot of killings. We had a homeboy that the police ended up killing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 in Corcoran, shoot. You know, um, uh, uh, you know, gang. Uh, the homie took Tookie Rue. You know, I think that they killed him in like eighty, maybe eighty eight, eighty nine, in Corcoran, shoot. Uh, uh, and, and we're talking about like like a gun tower being no more than about 10, 15 yards away. You know, uh, in a in a cement, you know, building. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, cement wall. Well, yeah, because it's like like the corner of the building, and then they have like a cement wall that extends out to the corner of the building all the way around, and that's where they would take, and that was like a little yard, and it, you know, like I said, it wasn't that big. Um, and then and then when and then they got so cold when there wasn't enough inc- when when we would go out there and everybody would just function, then they would try to add more people. So then it'd be like, okay, uh, 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 you know, three or four cells. Oh, well, no, no drama. We'll do uh, uh, five cells. You know, they're trying to add try drama to, to the yard. Try to add, try to add drama. You know, so so what ended up happening is they ended up building a place called Pelican Bay, and Pelican Bay was first primarily built for as a shoe program, as the prison, damn near the whole prison being a shoe program, and then they built a couple. GP yards. So what they did with Pelican Bay was they cut that out. So only you and if you had a celly would go to that little concrete yard. And that's it. So you'd never be around anybody uncut, you know, uh, other than your celly if you had a celly, you know. Uh, matter of fact, on 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 a on a I got a I got a, a YouTube channel called From a Jeep Perspective. And I, I tell a story about a brother who this brother, this brother, his, his, his original nickname was Zilla. 
And then we started calling him double life because he, he had a life sentence and then he killed his celly. He killed his celly in Corcoran Shoe. And then, so he got a double life sentence. And so he was in the Pelican Bay shoe, he, and they had, they had gave him a seven-year uh, shoe program at Pelican Bay. But, excuse me, I tell the story, is because he taught me something. And he taught me about etymologies and about how to use unabridged dictionaries to get the original meaning of a word. Um, I'll give you a good example just to cut through that. The, the word gypsy, okay, the, the word gypsy, its original meaning is out of Egypt. So when you, when you write out gypsy, G-Y, how, however you spell it, you write it out and you look at it and then you write Egypt, you see the similarities in the spelling. But when we think of gypsies, we don't think of people out of Egypt. We think of Eastern European, you know. Yeah, like Tyson. Dark, dark hair. Yeah, dark hair, but Eastern European, Roman, and so forth. But the etymology of the word gypsy means out of Egypt. You know? And so that, that brother taught me about etymologies and about how to use an, an unabridged. And an unabridged means a, a, a unchanged dictionary. You know, and how to, how to go... You know, when you go to a dictionary, you see the, the word and then you see all the, the stuff in parentheses and all the different little symbols. You know, most people skip over that and go to the first definition. Well, he taught me what a, a lot of those symbols and things meant and how to use an unabridged dictionary. Because he was, he was, you know, he was super militant and he was like, he didn't have no TV, he didn't have no radio, you know. Um, he, he would always do hunger strikes. You know what I'm saying? The police would find, they would find a, a, a metal in his, in, his, in his natural. He had a natural and he'd comb his natural out and they'd take him out on uh, passes or whatever and then they'd find a, a nail or something in his natural. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, and, 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 you know, he, all he did was study. You know, you know he was in, the, you know, uh, 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 you know, doing all different types of metaphysical types of, of things and, and, and so forth. And so all he did was study. And so that was something that he taught me while I was in the shoe with him um, was about etymologies and about uh, the original meanings of words and so forth. You know? So let me ask you this, bro, because you, you, you shared a whole lot of gems and, and stories. Um, so I want to ask you two questions. When, because because for you to be out this long, naturally there has to come a moment where someone is like, you know, I'm done with going back to the penitentiary, and you know, within that, after that, how and when did you find Bitcoin? Okay, well, first let me my my the last term that I that I uh, parole from eleven years eleven years ago. Um, I, uh, it, 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 it's a long story, but anyway, it, it ended with a high speed chase and I ended up getting into it, the police and struggling with them. And I tried to snatch up, you know, one of the, uh, uh, their lieutenant's guns and they had to beat my hand up off the trigger of the lieutenant's gun because at, you know, at that, at that moment, I thought I had, I had just had some twins. 
And I thought I was never going to see him again. The police tried to run me over, you know, and, and, and some poles in the park saved me because they hit the poles and the poles stopped them from running me over. I ran about 100 yards, had him beat, and all of a sudden I felt one side of my body go numb. And I knew that was from the shock of me getting hit. Um, I didn't have a gun on me. I pulled out my cell phone and pointed at him. But one of the cops in the corner said, he doesn't have a gun, don't shoot. It's crazy because the, the very next day, some of those same cops, they killed two dudes. So, you know, I end up arrested, go to trial. Um, I, I take it to trial, I lose. I get six months more than what they offer me uh, in my deal. The, the judge tells me, I can't strike your strikes because I believe three strikes was designed for people with priors such as yours. My prior was a voluntary manslaughter. But after saying that, she gave me midterm and low term on the sentences. Um, if she had given me the high term, I might not be here right now. I'd either I'd either maybe have just paroled or would be maybe close to paroling. Um, and so when so when I walked so so when I walked into prison this time, I had a whole different attitude. Um, like I said, my first term, I did I had did two shoe programs. My first term, you know, mm -hmm. the Corcoran shoe, and then later on, I ended up doing a uh, so so in the reception, I ended up stabbing somebody, and then later on. Some years later, I end up stabbing somebody on a discipline, disciplinary uh, issue. You know, um, that's when I say I thought I was never going to get out. Um, so on my second term, you know, I did things completely different. On my second term, I didn't. I did 19 hours in the hole total, 13 years, and the lieutenant came and got me out of the hole and apologized. He said he had never gone to a unit to ask what happened and people from several different races spoke up on my behalf. Um, and so my thing was is I read four hours every single day. I drove Sellies crazy because I wouldn't talk to him. You're not talking my mind was like this, you're not talking about nothing, dude. The TV radio is on, you can buy it to that. I got a box of books under the bed that I've read already that I need to read again. I got another box that I haven't read. I don't gotta say a motherfucking thing to you. And I literally drove Sellies crazy because it was like the only reason why I'm in a cell with you is because I like my program. Other than that, you wouldn't be in this cell, you know, and, and, and I don't got to say nothing to you. And so I, I read four hours every single day. I drove, like I said, I, there were Sellies I was in a cell with for a year and never said more than 30, 40 words to him. The only words I would say to him, child time, count. That was it. You ain't talking about nothing. We ain't got it. We, ain't, we, don't, we don't have nothing to chop it up about. You know, you're not talking about me. You know, um, and so that was my mindset. You know, my mindset was, you know, uh, I didn't fuck with a lot of people. If you knew me, then I chop it up with you. If you didn't know, then you, did, you didn't even know my, my background. You know, I'm not going to the tables to check in. I don't, you know, my stripes is higher than anybody here. I don't got to check in with nobody. I didn't, I didn't walk the yard by myself. I didn't hail the corner by myself. I don't got to check in with you. I understand the issues when it comes to racial or whatever. But other than that, I don't, you know what I'm saying? You know, and I would, I would go work out in the yard. As soon as I finished working out, I go in and shower and I got whatever program that I got to do or whatever. And that, and that's what I did, you know, and I did that for 13 years, you know, 
because my mind was like this. I played games with my life. I got to, I don't, I'll give you another good example. Those 13 years, I never played cards, chess, dominoes, not once. Not one, not even with my celly. No. I, I looked out in the day room and I knew the stats said that 70, 80% of y'all are going to come back. So my first thing was, I got to be a contrarian. So now this goes into start, you know, the, the Bitcoin kind of and, and going in because I started reading a lot of, I used to read stuff that I wasn't interested in because that would be the material that I got. And so I started getting a lot of uh, uh, market uh, material, you know, um, and, and, and there's a whole twist to how I would have to uh, uh, get books. And, you know, I, I would I would find people. Usually it would be white dudes, their parents. Then, then, then bought them the, uh, a Wall Street Journal uh, uh, subscription, you know, and, and that thing is like three, four hundred dollars. So I, I, I wasn't going to be to get that, but they weren't interested in it. So they would automatically give it to me. So I get it as soon as they got it. So now I look up and I've got basically a Wall Street Journal subscription. I've got uh, 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 this, 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 this uh, book called uh, um, SFO Stock Futures and Options. You know, uh, uh, this other one called uh, 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 something business journal. Um, and then like, you know, all the money and all the other little traditional type stuff. So I had like a gang, you know, I got a stack full of stuff, you know, books, yeah. you know, um, books, newspapers, whatever. And I'm going through, you know, a lot of stuff I don't I'm not understanding, but I'm just reading it over and over again. You know, uh, for example, it took me a minute to understand how do you sell short? How do you do a put in a call? You know, how, you know, I couldn't understand how, how do you sell, how are you selling short? You know, I couldn't get that concept for, for, for a minute. Um, but I started learning about the contrarian. So when I looked out in the day room and I looked at the stats, I said, okay, well, I got to do the opposite of what y'all doing. So the first thing I see all out there doing is you playing cards, chess, and dominoes. I played all that my first turn. Mm-hmm. I went out to the day room and I, I could say, okay, well, how many of y'all are, are, are playing chess or dominoes so that you can become a professional domino player? None. How many of y'all can tell me how to make a legal dollar? None. You know, I, I, I grew up, you know, those years prior to that, you know, I used a gun to make money. You know, I ran up in almost everything that you can imagine. You know, um, you know, so when I looked out in the day room, I said, OK, well, none of y'all are, are, are doing this to become professional domino players. None of y'all can tell me how to make a legal dollar. So then that automatically, you know, I got to do the complete opposite. Of whatever y'all are doing. So I literally didn't play chess cards, dominoes for 13 years, not not even with my sellies. Once again, my celly, I got books to read. You ain't talking about now. Why well, I'm going to play chess cards, dominoes with you. For what? You know, I play games with my life. That's why I'm here. I don't deserve to play any games. You know, and and dudes knew like he not with the bullshit. He don't fuck with nobody. He got a strict program. Now he'll chop it up with you on the yard or whatever. But if it's understand, he's not co-signing no dumb shit. <laughs> so if you ain't if you're not ready for that, then you you best just Leave him alone. Don't even talk to him. Because he's not finna co. I'm not finna co-sign. And, and even to this day, you know, like I, I go visit my homeboys from the hood. 
And they, they understand, like, you know, the homie not finna co-sign no dumb shit. And I'm not finna, yeah, 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 man. I'm not finna do that. If you say something stupid, because my mind is this, somebody else is listening. And if you say something stupid and I don't give a counter to that, they're going to go home and think that that's the truth. As opposed to saying, well, damn, the homie, the homie gave an alternative or, or, or spoke on this. Let me, let, me, let me reflect upon that. As opposed to the homie didn't say anything, so maybe what he said is true. You know, so they already know, you know, they don't invite me to nothing if they know that, you know what I'm saying, it's going to be, you know, if you're not expecting me to, you know, uh, uh, to say something about some dumb shit, you know, you know, I look back on my life and I realize that a lot of the mistakes I made was because the people who were supposed to say something didn't say anything. Everything I was taught was a lie. Everything from every subject, you know what I'm saying, was a lie. History, economics, health, nutrition, every, it was a lie. And nobody said anything. All those who had the responsibility to not pass on the lie, passed it on. And so, you know, one of the things that, you know, uh, uh, reflects in my mind is, is, you know, Yahweh telling me that, you know, your, your biggest qualm is that didn't nobody say anything. So now I preserved you through a bunch of bullshit. I put you in a situation where you had no friends. You didn't, have, you didn't play games. You didn't have anybody to shoot the breeze with. So that now you would not be afraid to speak the truth for fear of losing friends or losing likes or, or whatever. You know, I'm not co-signing no dumb shit. Just period. I'm not. You know, um, and so, so, you know, that, that, ended up, that led up to the last 13, I started, I started studying, I started trying to train myself to recognize something that I didn't know what it would be. So I started looking at art magazines, you know, uh, uh, trying to just, you know, things of value. Um, okay, so these people, they acknowledge this, this art as, you know, uh, of this value, why? Or... Um, you know, other aspects of, 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 you know, collectibles, antiques, uh, things of value that are traded. So I started, you know, I would get uh, art magazines and things like that. I would send, you know, you could get an art magazine subscription through, with stamps. So mm -hmm. you could send a book of stamps and then you, instead of paying cash, you would get, you know, a, a, a magazine subscription. It wouldn't be, you know, the most popular magazines, but it would be, magazines so i started getting like art magazines and things like just my mind was i don't know what it is but when it passes me i want to be able to see it and so now fast forward uh into bitcoin i i paroled 13 uh, uh, uh 11 years ago and uh one of my ex sellies introduced me to these nigerians that had a they had a print shop in my neighbor in my, my old neighborhood they had a print shop and so he had introduced me to him. So I started going over there to hang out and use their Wi-Fi. So I would get my little tablet and I would go over there and log into their Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. So the owner, he, I think he was thinking two ways. He was thinking like, well, this dude's from over here. If I, if I let him chill here, I don't have to worry about no knuckleheads coming here with no dumb shit. You know, because if I'm chilling here, this is my hangout spot. This is my hood. You come up in here with some dumb shit. I got the authority 
to smash you. Mm-hmm. Dude, what are you doing? This is not, this is not the place. Go do that somewhere else. You know, so one day I come up in there and he says, hey, man, I, I put a desk in the corner over there for you. So I was like, sure. all right, cool. So I, you know, so so I, I'm, I'm chilling at the desk, you know, and, 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 and at that time I was I was, you know, doing filling out job applications and trying to look for work. So I would go there in, in the interim or if I needed to go online or something, I would go there. And uh, I started noticing people coming into the uh, uh, print shop coming to this machine and I noticed several things. I'm, I'm very observant. Uh, I'm, uh, that's another thing about my, my channel from a G perspective. It, it talks about, uh, it's about Usalamu and Usalamu is Swahili for security. And that's a whole concept that we have in there. And I, I talk about how some of the best, one of the best things that you learn in prison is that Usalamu and a lot of dudes, when they get to the street, they throw it to the wayside thinking they don't need it anymore. And then they get their heads blown off. You know, all we hear about, oh, you know, he got out and you know, he got killed or whatever. You know? So the best thing you learned was security and you thought you didn't need it anymore. And then look up. And so, so I, I, I noticed that these people were coming into the shop and they weren't doing any print business. They weren't walking up to the counter. They would go straight to this machine. The second thing I noticed was that they're not from this area. I know you're not from this area, so you came from somewhere else to come to this machine. Why did you come from somewhere else to come to this machine? The third thing I noticed was is that you're not even from L.A. (laughs) I can look at your dress and your get down and your demeanor. You're not even from L.A., so you probably live in Hollywood or somewhere other, some other place, and but you're coming to South Central to this machine, and then I can look at I can look at y'all and tell y'all y'all up to something. You know, y'all got some type of hustle. You sh- doing some, sh- you know, whatever street something, whatever. You know, so I got up and went and went to the machine, and it was a Bitcoin ATM machine. <laughs> Damn. Now this is this is in late 2015. Okay. So then, okay. so then I I went back to my the desk and typed it in to the laptop, and that started me down the rabbit hole. Of course, I didn't I didn't understand the preeminence of Bitcoin at the time, um, you know. And so I fell down. You know, once you once you go into the space, then you start getting bombarded with. A lot of shit coin bullshit, <laughs> you know, and, and if you don't know any better, you you believe, you know, the people when they say, oh, well, this is better. This is the faster. This is the new Bitcoin or this is that and so forth. You know, so I, I, I went down that rabbit hole, you know, um, I started I started I think for the for the at the beginning, I kind of had a sense that Bitcoin was the preeminence, but wasn't quite for sure. And so I started more or less like, okay, well, I'll do these other things to get more Bitcoin, to get more sats. Yeah. And, you know, most of that shit didn't, that shit fell. You know, like I, I did the BitConnect and, you know, that shit, you know. Uh, yeah. And and so um, I, I, I got to give a shout out to Tone Vase. You know, uh, one of the people who I started watching early who kept – no matter what happened, no matter what I heard on my peripheral, he kept stipping, sticking to 
Bitcoin, 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 you know, go deeper, go deeper. And, and that was that was the message that resonated that I got from him was this is deeper, go deeper, go deeper. You know, even though I was hearing all this other shit coinery stuff going on, you know, yeah. um, you know, at that time we had these things called high yips, high yield uh, uh, investment products. And they were that's kind of what BitConnect was. But there's a there's a whole list of them that, you know, yeah. that came about. Some of them last some of them lasted a month. Some of them lasted three or four months, six months, a year, whatever. Um, and so I, 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 I kept hearing that in the back of, of my head, you know, go deeper, go deeper. I don't know about when that I realized that what Bitcoin really is and the why, but uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe a year or two later, I realized that um, missed a whole lot of, you know, opportunities. Um, the ATM, Bitcoin was $300 in the ATM. And at that time, I didn't know that the ATMs had a markup. Yeah. So it was really probably about two, two something. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. you know one, of the, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't get naked. Yeah. I should have gotten naked. I, I, I should have borrowed and, 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 and hid for two or three years from everybody I owed. And then I could have had a, 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 a pay you back party and pick you up in a limo you know, yeah. with, with, <laughs> with extra. You know, yeah. um, and so and so one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm real adamant about is is when newbies, I, I, I hate that when newbies come into the space, they don't come in through Bitcoin. Right. You know, um, you know, I understand that maybe you're you know, you're going to you're going to hear something and maybe you think you can, you know, uh, make a quick buck off it. That's fine or whatever. But it, as long as you understand that, that. I, here, I use I use this analogy. Um, let's say you're a king and you're sitting on your throne in your giant chamber and you've got a store of gold either behind you or in the basement. And all day people come into your chamber to tell you about some harebrained ideal. They want to go across the globe to discover something or whatever. And as a, as a wise king, you understand that 99% of these people will never come back. But if one comes back to Ching, so what you do is you take a little portion of your gold stored and you sprinkle, you sprinkle them, knowing that 99% of them are never going to come back. If one comes back, cool, to Ching. If not, you still have your store of gold behind you or in your basement or whatever. And so I use that analogy. But if you don't understand that Bitcoin is your store of gold, and if you choose to sprinkle, you just sprinkle, then you'll turn around and give all your store of gold to some harebrained ideal, you know, um, no, not sure. knowing that. And so, and so, you know, that's my biggest, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people come into the space, not through Bitcoin, they come right. in through Dogecoin or some other bullshit and then they don't get it. You know, I, 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 you know, I, I meet people who I'm like, okay, you're, 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 you know, you're in the crypto space, whatever. And. Then I say, well, you know, how many, you know, you got, do you have some SAS? And they literally don't have any SAS. You know, yeah, it's fine. You got some other shit coin or whatever, but you mean to tell me you don't have any fucking Bitcoin? Folks be coming in with nothing, little John. Like, like you don't, you know, so that means you don't even, you don't even understand what's going on here. Right. You know, it's way deeper than 
number go up. You know, that's yeah. just the benefit of being in early. You know, yeah. um, you know, I, 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 I always lead with this. Um, and, and, and this is how I kind of how, how I kind of sum it in the preeminence. I have to tell people that, you know, Bitcoin is, isn't crypto. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, people conflating the two. There's cannot there's there's no comparison. Um, no known founder. We mm-hmm. know the story of Satoshi for the most part, you know, but for the most part, no known founder. It's never had an executive officer. It's never owned an office building, never <laughs> rented or leased, leased an office building. It's never had a marketing department. It's never paid for an ad article spokesperson, but yet it reached a trillion dollar evaluation with 100 million users in 13 years. The greatest tech companies today didn't do that in anything under 20 and most 40. And they had all the things that I list. That means that Bitcoin is a phenomenon. So we have people in the crypto space standing next to a phenomenon waiting on the next phenom to come through the door. That means you don't understand the definition of what a phenomenon is because they don't just come willy nilly. Yeah, they don't. You, you just don't get these shits ever. You know what I mean? This, you know, and, this and, don't even come every so often. <laughs> and, and, and none of these other pro, uh, projects could ever replicate the things that I just listed. They all have CEOs. They all have marketing departments. They all have some office building. They all have bank accounts. They all have, you know what I'm saying? They're all paying for ads, spokesmen, you know, none of this. Yeah. And none of these, none of those CEOs are going to, they're, they're not going to commit suicide. You know, see, so, uh, so now, so now, now, now taking it from a street aspect, if, if I have beef with you and I know where you live, I know where you work, I know your family or the people you hang out with. I can come holler at you. But if I got beef with you and I don't know where you work, I don't know where you live, I don't know <laughs> anybody you fuck with, then that beef means nothing. I might as well focus on the people who I have beef with that I can holler at. Wow. So, so now we're going. You go after all the other cryptos because they can't, they can't knock on the Bitcoin. So, no so now, <laughs> there, there's no, there's, I like to say, there's no head to cut off. <laughs> Yeah. There's no head to cut off. See, so once again, now we talking about the bricks. You know what I'm saying? There's no head to cut off. I can't come holler at you. So mm-hmm. my beef means nothing. Right. Yeah. None of these projects can recreate that. When when Bitcoin was able to be attacked, no one paid attention to it. Now, there's no project that will ever be able to come into that that people aren't watching and waiting for it to slip. Because now they're like, oh, we let that one slip. We didn't pay attention to it. We could have had it, didn't pay attention to it. Now it's too strong. Now it's so let's more. wait on these others. Let's focus on these others. You know, we'll catch one of them slipping. You know, and we hear about it, you know, all the time. This platform got hacked or this, you know, a rug pull or, you know, a, 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 you know, pumping dumps or, you know, all the different, you know, aspects yeah, of that. Sure. <laughs> you know, um, and so, so, you know, going back to, you know, people not really understanding what this is about. This is way deeper, you know, uh, unconfiscatable, you know, having, having, having value that no one, I, I, I'm like this, I'll defend 
my enemy's money being neutral. Because if his money ain't neutral, then my money ain't neutral. And that means we've got a bigger issue than the beef I have with you. That means we're slaves. And as a black American, I take that very personal. How dare you think you're going to put me back in servitude? How dare you think you're gonna put me back in prison? Last I was told I was a free man. So if I'm not free, then I'm dressed wrong. I need to get suited and booted. If I'm not free. Hey, yo, you know, John, that was that was some real OG shit. You know, if I'm not free, I gotta get suited and booted. I'm dressed wrong, man. So listen, bro, we're you shared a whole lot of great stuff. I love how you your look on Bitcoin, it sounds more so like how mine is. It comes from the freedom aspect. It comes from, you know. You want to, you want to, you want a hundred percent freedom. And you also want the freedom that no one else even knows exists. So, you know, as we about to come to close, let me ask you this, man. Cause you know, I go inside prisons in America and educate on Bitcoin and people will come out all over the world. They'll, they'll also hear about your podcast or your show on YouTube. What would you have to say to, you know, people coming out, the homies, men, women, anybody, what would you say there? If you could leave us with like your ultimate gem that someone out of the penitentiary could use with Bitcoin, what would you tell them? What is like, what, what, what is the, the little giant thing that said to them? Like, yo, like, this is why you should take a look at it. This is why you should focus on it. This is why you should take it serious. Like what would little John say to him? Um, I mean, there's several things from two different aspects. First thing I would say, get out of zero. You know, um, I, I don't care whether it's 10 bucks. I don't care, you know, uh, uh, you know, some of your fuck off money, you know, put some of your fuck off money towards it. Um, you know, understand, you know, you want, you want some wealth that no one else can take from you. You know, you want some wealth that's neutral. Um, as far as on the tech tech aspect, if if they are able to be technology or, 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 or inclined towards technology, then learn how to code. You know, and I'll, I'll you know, it, we can go in a whole bunch of different nuances, but all codes, of course, isn't created equal. Um, but learn, learn about the tech, learn about where you can carve a space for yourself in the tech. You know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to carve a way that's unconventional, a way that I can't go back to anyone else and say, how do I do this? Because no one comes from my background into this technology, into this space. You know, they're all either finance people or tech people or, or, or they're retired or, you know, they've, they've, they've worked, you know, years and something else. And so they have, you know, other things to bring to this. Um, but I would say find up, understand the tech, learn about the tech and find a place for you inside this technology. There's a lot of, there's a lot of room. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things that are, are evolving from the tech, um, the fight is still young, you know, um, for those brothers who, who, who are getting out of the pen and are revolutionaries or have that revolutionary mindset, 
This is revolutionary technology. This is probably one of the greatest revolutions because we're, we're going up against the fiat system. We're going up against those who have denied many of us the opportunities to step into certain areas and certain fields because they pick and choose who the winners are. You know, um, like I say, I, I was studying a lot of stuff about uh, uh, trading and financing, trading specifically, and and then I got out and found out that I had to be a qualified investor to even trade. So you mean to tell me if I have, it doesn't matter if I have the aptitude, I have to have a certain amount, I have to have a certain net worth to even get into the door. So, so aptitude means nothing. So then, so what you're doing, you're saying you got a, a kid from the inner city who has the aptitude, but because he doesn't have the money, he's not given the opportunity. So he should just fuck his twos and fuse up off at the liquor store or fast food joint or, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, and so we're fighting we're resisting, we're bucking up against the people who have created those roadblocks. Um, and and I would also I would also tell uh, uh, brothers that getting out of those places, yeah, you know, initially you're gonna have to get into jobs that you know you may or may not like. Start working on skills that create freedom so that you can work when you wanna work, where you wanna work. Um, I, I'll, in LA, there's a place called Silicon Beach, and it's like the Silicon Valley, but it's for LA. It's, um, and and I stumbled upon the area, and once again, I, I observed things. So the the first thing I noticed was, okay, I know this used to be an old industrial area, but now I I see these oak, these oak patios and these other little things that kind of stand out. And so when I would go up into these places, this is what's so cold. These were tech hubs, and they literally had designated areas for their employees to smoke weed. So the first thing, see the first, see the first thing comes into my mind is this, what do you know that your employee doesn't care that you smoke weed? In fact, they've set up an area for you to smoke weed. What do you know? Because they don't allow lawyers to do that. Right. They don't allow people who we've traditionally thought as being, you know, uh, 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 the upper echelon of employment or, or, or skill sets or degrees and so forth. And then, so what that made me realize is that there are certain skills that they don't care about your background. <laughs> they don't care about your color. Right. They don't care that you got green hair. They're just concerned about with what you know. And, and so to pay the bills, fine. Find those skill sets that fit into that genre, because those are the skill sets that offer the most freedom. See? Yes, sir. I you know, like instead of you getting in line, instead of you getting a line behind uh, 50 other people, that skill set where you walk in and it's only you and two other people. See, now they, now they have no other choice but to not look at your background or your color. But if I have 50 people to choose from, I can tell you that I'm not un I'm, I'm unbiased. But if you believe that, you're a fool. 
Right. I got so options. Like, so it sounds like you got to get the the high paying skills that can help you jump the line, but also uh, make people pay attention to you to the point of like, you know, hey, it's kind of like what I saw in Bitcoin myself those years when I first came home. It's like, yo, if I've learned this now and I've learned it early, they they can no longer hold against me my record. They can no longer hold against me where I've been. It's now based upon like who has the best knowledge and who can who can deliver it the best, you know. And it's amazing how we all, how most of us see, you know, similar but all the same things, man. And um, I, I'm I'm appreciative of that message. And we're about to uh, get to the closing part of it, man. Um, but I wanted you to be able to share, you know, your socials, where people can find you. And, you know, if you be, if you be open to come on here again, you know, the invitation is always open because it sounds like there's a whole lot to unpack. Uh, but let us know where we can find you, little John. Let us know, you know, your YouTube channels, your ex. You know, I don't know if you're on LinkedIn or whatever. Or uh, you, know, you can send me anything. Yeah, I'll put the link in the show yeah, notes. I'm, yeah, I am on. Let me uh, let me go to. So I am on a uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I'm, on, I'm on a few of those. Uh, so like, for example, uh, different platforms. I kind of do slightly different things. Um, my Twitter. My Twitter is for talking shit. <laughs> okay. Put uncut. I don't. I ain't. I'm. I'm not holding back no punches. I. I don't. I don't block anybody. I don't. I don't. I'm not doing none of that. You know what I'm saying? It's for if you say some dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm fixing a. You know, I'm fixing a to speak out against that. You know, uh, because yes. once again, somebody's somebody's listening. You know what I'm saying? And if somebody don't, you know, uh, buck up against the dumb shit, then we're gonna continue you know, uh, uh, down this same path of ignorance, you know? And so my, my Twitter is, uh, is, uh, DR little John one, three, seven. Okay. DR little seven. Yeah. Now, now my Instagram is more about, I'm a, I'm an avid photographer, you know? So my Instagram is more about, you know, photographs and, and, and pictures and, and, and places I've gone. You know, I, I've been blessed these, this last 11 years. I got a passport and even I haven't been to a lot of places. I've been to four countries. Um, and, and because of, you know, me being in that cage, I'm, I'm, I'm big on what I call exercising my freedom. And so a lot of people think that freedom, I believe freedom is an action. It's not just sitting on your couch. You know, it's an action. It's about exercising your freedom. So I mountain bike. I'm a big, you know, during the COVID I, I ain't spend one day on lockdown. Either I'm free or I'm not. How dare you, you know, how dare you even use that terminology when I know that terminology is used for people who have lost their freedom. But yet you bombard me with lock it down, lock it down, lock it down. You didn't say, hey, why don't you go chill and Netflix and chill? Or why don't you stay K or vacay? You didn't use none of that terminology. And and, and as, a, as a technologist, I understand that keyword optimization is a science. So you can't tell me you missed that. You did it on purpose. Basically, you was bitch checking me. So I never did one day a lockdown. I went and bought me a, 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 a EMTB and I went into the mountains. I put like 3,000 miles on my bike Damn. while foods was 
locked in, locked in their in cages. Look, they told the world to lock it down. And what did the world do? They locked it down like what? Good inmates. <laughs> how dare you even speak to me like that? How, whether, whether true or not, how dare you even come at me like that? I'm free. Once again, last I was heard, they told me I was free. Right. So if I, if I misconstrued that, then I'm dressed wrong. Got you. We got to get you in the booth. So what's your IG, So my Instagram is, you know, a a lot of my travels and trips and, you know, some of the, some of the conferences, some of the photos. And then like, you know, I I see stuff when I'm places, I see things and I can pluck out like that little, that little portion of that, that I see. And I take pictures of it. So my Instagram is, it's also DR little John, but it's, it's D dot D dot r dot little john 137 you know or you know you probably could find it with just dr little john um and so mostly my my instagram is that um my youtube channel is from a g perspective not from because you'll type from a and it'll come up from a young not from a young from a g perspective so f r o m space a space g space perspective okay so i'm gonna make sure i put all those in the show notes and um i'm gonna i'm gonna let you know when this show goes live we got you know some other things going on with the channel but you'll be the first one to know and then i'll put it out there to the world and um i want to tell everyone who's listening to this you know give little john a shout out check out all the socials that you can read and um also if you if you are someone who who's you know been down this road like we have, or you're someone who has an organization and you 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 serve people who've been on this road and you understand that everyone needs a right to freedom, feel free to reach out to me, uh, Justin at btctc.org. And if you like what we do here, when we educate, when we um, you know bring this level of freedom to other people. Feel free to donate to our page. Uh, we are a 501c3 nonprofit, uh, so meaning that you do get benefits for supporting us. Uh, so, with that being shared, let me leave. Let me let me leave one last of my or two. My my LinkedIn is uh, Devin Littlejohn, but uh, also uh, just so y'all know, uh, I'm I'm going to be putting out a a primarily Bitcoin uh, a YouTube channel uh, in the very near future called Bangin. BTC. <laughs> okay. The banging B A N G I N B T C. Yes, sir. I'm going to put all that in there because I noticed that in your email. And you got the proton.me, but that's something different. But uh, we're going to link all those and continuously support us. And we will be here sometime soon. That being said, peace.